here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. I'm Ira Madison the third. I'm Louis Fertel. I'm Aida Osman. Hello. She's here. She's here. Not without pain. Not without pain in her mouth. My wisdom teeth are coming in again. And I just don't know what to do about it other than get them removed. But who has time for all that, girl? Not another surgery in one year. Well, you know... Most of us got them done. Actually, I don't know what I got my wisdom teeth out. I feel like it's like an 18, 19, 20-year-old thing. You get it done. You get it out of the way. Oh, uh, yes. It was definitely high school. Yeah. Did we talk about this recently? I think I brought up my story. I did it the day after my high school graduation, and I had never been on anything along the lines of Vicodin before. <laughs> I thought to myself, oh, I'm just like numb. I don't really feel anything. And we had relatives over that I never see, and I really had to dance in front of them. <laughs> Oh, mm. I do recall this. We did talk <laughs> yes, about this. Yeah. We did yes, talk about this. Yeah. And then I remembered that I saw Rain of Fire mm. after <laughs> yes. um, I got my teeth pulled. And I hope my story triggered your story. It did. Like, the Proustian mm-hmm. Madeline. Yes. <laughs> this is our 188th episode. What a number. We're repeating stories at this point. You know what? I think we've earned it. So, let's say we're putting these stories into syndication. They come around a second time and you enjoy them again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just start making half of the show a clip show. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, bitch, it's a rerun. Take it or leave it. Speaking of, I don't think we fully addressed the fact that Boss Baby 2 came out recently, and we Mm -hmm. haven't gotten a review Mm -hmm. yet, Mm -hmm. Aida. Well, first of all, I'm never going to go see Boss Baby 2. Oh, abandoning our brand. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, we all need a thing. We all need a shtick, bitch, and this is mine. (laughs) (laughs) This is mine. I chose up. Mm, um, okay. I will be seeing it very soon. I have to go see it with like a baby cousin or something. I don't. I want to be a grown ass woman in the theater by myself, <laughs> wa- laughing at some babies. You can watch it at home. You can be arrested for that. <laughs> no, you go see that movie in the theaters as it was meant to be seen, Ira. Okay, okay. <laughs> Every time I think of that boss baby thing, I always try to like give you some grace and say, "Thank you." I love the Minions, but then I remember I think I left Minions one, mm. and then there became a point where. Like people started adopting minions as like a personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adult white people. Yeah, that became too much for me. Like they were cute for a minute. Mm-hmm. That cachet should have gone to the Cars universe. I need to see more people identifying as Lightning McQueens. Yes, give me him. What's his name? Mater. I have not seen the Cars movies. No, I mean imagine sitting Get through the them. I just want the representation <laughs> for the characters themselves. They're important. Their lives mm. matter. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so irritated this morning. It's because of the teeth. I'm teething. <laughs> this might be late coming news. Did any of you guys see Luca? I thought it was really good and clever and like gay in a good way like they did a good job mm, no mm, i got time for all that faggot shit <laughs> <laughs> and whoever at the new york times came up with the headline calamari by your name i mean oh god they really fucking did it actually i do need to watch luca you know what i famously miss out on watching these animated movies it's not my thing at all you don't like a ponyo 
Yeah. You're not a Miyazaki girl. You know, I still haven't seen Coco. <gasps> Gasp. Unfortunately. No, you really have to. Coco's one of the one of the better ones. You should see that. Very off-brand for me, but I have seen neither of the Incredibles. Weird. Mm. Yeah. You get lots of good Holly Hunter grit in there, as well as NPR personality Sarah Vowell. <laughs> well, you know that Holly Hunter... Um, is my longtime nemesis. Due to the 1993 Oscars, yes. Yeah, she stole Angela Bassett's Oscar. So right. I like that you just like roll that off. That's some real me shit right there. So good for you. <laughs> I got to stick to it. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about rich people this week. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And why we are engaged in their media. So this will get back into succession. We've got some Gossip Girl in there. White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's just HBO loves rich people. Right. Which white people? The black people on HBO tend to be broke. That's a good point. Issa Rae just scrambling coins together <laughs> on another episode of Insecure. God. Um, and also, the Emmy noms are out. As we're doing this episode, they're rolling out the nominations, as in new ones keep appearing on the website, and our yes. dogged team here at uh, Keep It is punching them into a document, like, breathlessly. So Thank you so much. We're also going to laugh at the hard work they're doing to write the words Bo and Yang really quickly. <laughs> yeah, this is just like Pod Save America, right? Oh, yeah, mm, up to the minute. hard-pressing news, yeah. Yeah, the hard-pressing News, we're getting it to you as it's coming to us. Except they're transcribing the e-news ticker, so <laughs> that's the the tough part. Well, e-news is spicy. And make sure y'all spell Michaela Cole correctly. Yeah, there you go. Twice, okay? Mm, mm. Luckily, we do not have to spell it on a podcast, so. No, <laughs> I meant our, our crooked our crooked girls, Brian and them. Um, <laughs> also, Miss Lacey Mosley, the scam goddess herself, joins us this week. Fabulous. She, well, she joins me and Lewis. Too lucky, too fortunate to have gotten, gotten yeah. to talk to her. She is a one-woman variety show. She's so funny. Aida, you've been on the show, though, so it's fine. Yes. If people yeah, want Aida and Lacey interactions, go find the episode. It's a mess, and it's two cancer queens talking about illegal shit. Yeah, well. All we know. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, we'll be right back. For the one percent <laughs> on HBO, though, so White Lotus and the Gossip Girl reboot both premiered, and White Excellence is back, y'all. Woo! With a vengeance. The trailer for Succession season three dropped. The show is getting funnier. I didn't know it could. The show is getting funnier, or at least they're giving a little bit more effort to show us. This is drama, but it, you're going to be laughing, too, at words like dicky. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think the trailer was probably just the first episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited for Succession to be back. It seems like it took forever to film it. I don't know why. I don't know what was happening globally. Oh, yeah. No I, guess. We had the healthiest year in human history. It prevented us from getting it. But... um. Yeah, those are my favorite rich white people. Though I will say the White Lotus people are coming up on their heels for me because I watched the first episode and while there is a, a slow vacation-like languor to the whole thing, and which makes sense, it's about a fancy hotel where a bunch of people meet and then 
we are aware that a murder occurs. We're not sure who it is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the love boat, but on an island. Mm-hmm. So it's like Fantasy Island, but at a hotel. Actually, it's like the show Hotel. <laughs> you just went through the entire Aaron Spelling songbook to get to Hotel. <laughs> um, to me, it feels like an Agatha Christie novel. It feels like um, a death on the Nile or something. Mm. The first episode is mainly just setting up the characters, but who are all rich and like, snobby in certain ways. Jake Lacey, who's used to playing kind of a douchebag, is a, a douchebag who's unsatisfied with his hotel suite. And you definitely get the new fag hag of the moment. Jennifer Coolidge, who the gays on Twitter cannot stop talking about. You know that thing we did for like a year and a half where people would just write, Gene Smart, period, and that was their tweet? Well, now we're doing that with Jennifer Coolidge. That counts mm-hmm. as content now. I think we've been doing that forever, though. But she's back. You know, there's always been someone saying, I want a hot dog real bad. Sure, but like, okay, so you might use that gif of her, but now she's having the moment as an actress where people refer to her greatness just as a given, and we're all supposed to subscribe to it, and there's no objecting to it. And I, I agree, she's great. Y'all love a cartoon character of a woman. Like, y'all love a lilt in the voice, a, a, a Looney Tune of an yes. actress. An animaniac, if you will. Exactly, exactly. And today I will. Today I have time. I stand. Jennifer Coolidge, you're right, is like halfway between Betty Boop and Bridget Bardot. That's like her, like, <laughs> yeah. mm, all the worlds. And actually, they make a joke about Bridget Bardot in the pilot of White Lotus talking about how she's anti-Semitic and actually one of the more disappointing celebrities who's ever lived. But besides that, mm. I love her as a relative spiritually to Jennifer Coolidge. Mm, I didn't know that about her. That means I have to change my ranking of my top anti-Semitic celebrities. <laughs> she's number one? Yeah, well, you know, Mel Gibson is always number one. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah. Nick Cannon's a cool 70, 71. He's in the Alice Walker range. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> this show is from Mike White, by the way, um, you know, who is not only one of my favorite television writers, but mm. also um, a average Survivor contestant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so rare that people bridge these worlds. Like, you'd think somebody who dominates like a field like television like a, a famous person would also end up on something like survivor because it's so plays with all the same machiavellian tools i'm sure you need to succeed oh, but it's rare yeah <laughs> oh here's me writing my salon.com essay yeah. i really think that his survivor career is um uneventful for me because he was in an alliance i hated mm. he was a runner-up if i'm not mistaken correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it's good to have a Mike White show like this on TV, on HBO, where I know it's not going to be canceled because mm-hmm. I have forever mourned the loss of Pasadena on Fox. Now, what the fuck is that? What's that? Okay. Pasadena <laughs> on Fox, since we're talking about rich people, uh-huh. was a show set in, of course, Pasadena. Wow. Uh, and it starred Allison Lohman. Uh, Dana Delaney. Oh, we love Dana Mark Delaney. Mark Valley. Balthazar Getty. Wow. Okay. 2000 okay. celebrity of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It aired from September to November in 2001. Uh, canceled early by Fox. But basically, um, it was Allison Lohman witnessed like, a stranger's suicide and starts investigating um, the secrets into her wealthy family, which lived in um, Pasadena. You know, and it, so it was a lot of like creepy, mysterious scenes set in the mansion. But it was like pre Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, juicy. Got canceled. Girl, this seems like Mike White must have a little bit of a curse on his name because all these shows only ran for like a season, two seasons. Yeah. Well, yes. Enlightened was unfortunately canceled as well. <laughs> 
So right, which is like the definitive Mike White joint. Yeah. So actually, you know what? HBO could cancel White Lotus. Shit. Just keep it up. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Um, speaking of rich people shows that were canceled, Drew Barrymore as part of her like comeback into celebrity, really after her tumultuous teenage years, was a show called Two Thousand Malibu Road, which was an LA set kind of nine hundred two one zero esque drama. And all I remember about it, one that she's in it and was a television star at one point, unlike the talk show situation we have now. Somebody gets struck by lightning in it, and that never happens on a TV show. You'd think soap operas would milk lightning situations way more often. Maybe <laughs> this does happen. Maybe you would know more than I would, Ira. Mm, well, you know, it had Jennifer Beals as a lawyer trying to uh, escape her past, a police officer fiancé who was murdered. Jennifer Beals, classic person who, like, pilot season also ran, like, will end up on an ensemble show about fucking lawyers. She's like, here I go again. I'm the Flashdance woman. I'm trying to get on the fucking air. <laughs> Struck by lightning was in, like, the finale. Also, someone was, like, beaten and raped in a stairwell. It, it, was, it was very... It was early 90210. It was, like, probably two years after it. Mm. It was on CBS. That's um, why... You'll never hear of it again beyond this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's my job to shove this wiki fact at you. It's well, it's like even when I mentioned like Pasadena, like why that didn't hit, and I mentioned it being before Desperate Housewives, because there was a period on TV where obviously Aaron Spelling was like, you know, the man. Um, and he was constantly trying to replicate a lot of his shows because uh, a lot of his shows are just you know carbon copies of the other because uh, he, he knows what's successful on TV. And so this was probably about two years after 90210 it debuted, and it was with some of the same creators like E. Duke Vincent, uh, and then I think also Joel Schumacher was a producer on this too. Mm. But there's the era where like you tried to have those shows that replicated that and then they got canceled. And then specifically the Pasadena era was the era after like 90210 and Melrose went off the air when there was sort of like passions was sort of interesting on daytime TV, but they couldn't really replicate primetime soap operas. Like until Desperate Housewives and like Ugly Betty um, and Grey's Anatomy debuted on ABC, the primetime soap seemed kind of dead. You had shit like Titans, right, mm -hmm. right, with right. Yasmin Bleeth, mm -hmm. uh, but you couldn't. Pe you, people weren't really trying to watch like rich people on TV in the early 2000s and late 90s. Mm. So. What a shame! Mm. It was all relatable people in neutral tones, like Ally McBeal. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of relatable people in rich shows, give me a light wash jean and a white shirt and call it a day. Is <laughs> is Gossip Girl supposed to be relatable this time around? I think it's a weak attempt. I think it was a, a large fail. Did we like the new Gossip Girl? I like it. You like I like it? I like it because yet well, it is as dumb as the original show. So <laughs> that is the enjoyment that I get from it. But also, this show is deranged. This show is insane. This to, is insane. To let you know, Gossip Girl is back and it's got sort of a um diverse cast this time around and by diverse i mean um there are a couple paper bags in the cast yeah um <laughs> <laughs> the light ones they're not talking trader joe's we're talking like the ones you get at the pharmacy where they slip the pills in also white, <laughs> the, white ones. the white paper bags <laughs> and the plot this time is that the main character who sort of i, I don't want to compare her to serena yeah because everyone seems to be an amalgamation of um, the different characters, but Julian uh, is sort of like a mix of Serena, 
sort of maybe a mix of Blair, but she has a half-sister, Zoya, who joins Constance um, Billard, um, and they try to pretend that they're not related. Like, she tries to induct her into her friend group. <laughs> Secretly, doesn't work. Gossip Girl finds out about it and exposes them. But let me tell you that in the pilot, you know, they obviously need a conceit for Gossip Girl. Like, why is Gossip Girl back? Mm -hmm. Gossip Girl has been shuttered since... Um, Dan Humphrey um, stopped being Gossip Girl, which, for the concept of a reboot of the show, fine. But I yeah. find it hard to believe that no one tried to be Gossip Girl again and kept stalking those people mm -hmm. in their regular life. It's like the new Scream Killer, kind of. It's a copycat of a copycat or something. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like that. And it's like, you think there weren't people just like running around in ghost face masks killing people? After, like, the Woodsboro murders, I'm sure there were multiple copycats. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, but the teachers at this school are tired of the kids, like, being assholes to them. They're bullied by 16-year-olds. Mm -hmm. One has just gotten fired. They decide, let's resurrect Gossip Girl ourselves. And so, in the show, Gossip Girl is the teachers, and... Girl, strange, <laughs> reaching, reaching storyline, Re all of them, prison, prison, jail. prison, death to them all. They are stalking teenagers and like taking photos of them in windows when they're half naked, shirtless, fourteen year olds, fourteen year olds. <laughs> I think back to the cast. We have like a clear Nate. I feel like the Obi character who's dating Julian, who is our mixed girl that Ira was talking about. She's the one who's the older sister to Zoya. I don't know why I know all these kids' names yeah, already. Wow, like, this is so disgusting. I can't remember anything in my real life but um we have a clear chuck character too i feel like and he might be introduced as this third in a thruple relationship with this blonde girl and evan mock's character that seems spicy that's max that who's played by thomas yes. doherty who i am who love friends with we love yes i adore him oh that's um sweet. we love him he's doing a wonderful job he's he's a very sweet person but yeah, there's a lot of archetypes. Yes, they're there. That they're replicating. But I cannot get over the fact that these teachers are like got bullied by 16-year-olds and now Strange. they are being creepy. Disgusting. <laughs> Aren't you embarrassed? This is disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> also, like it's there's something about Tavi Gevins' performance where it's like, I don't believe she would be petty enough to do that. I don't know. There's like a an intrinsic literary quality to her just period that makes me think it's it's like not great casting or something i'm not loving her performance yeah believability in general even in the storylines and the characters i feel like it's totally lacking mm. like at one point they said something about how like anyone younger than 30 is not on twitter and i'm looking at my 12 year old cousin who's tweeting at me right now like that doesn't make any sense i feel like they're trying to get at a certain part of social media that i would say maybe i'm like i'm leaving that phase i think it's the younger kids that they're trying to address but it just doesn't feel relatable or real or honest. But look, they're trying and it's cute outfits. As a soap, it is it is wild nonsense, so I am loving it. But <laughs> yes, believability is a little bit lacking. I also don't really believe that those people are all friends. They just feel all cast for the moment or something. Yeah. I don't, there's something about the original Gossip Girl that is really good is this, they seem like they are in the same fucking universe. Like they just, mm -hmm. like, mm. what, what like hot planet are they all from? Not that everybody on this show isn't incredibly hot, but they all just feel like, I don't know, they don't have like, the same sexual vibe even or something. Though, by the way, the one kid, I were you just referencing this person? One of these kids who looks to be about as old as the 
teachers. <laughs> Though he's probably one of the better actors. Looks exactly like young Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, him. That was that's him. Thomas. Yeah, that's yeah. Thomas. Some people can make like laugh lines and wrinkles still look distinguished. Like his laugh lines look hot, and I've never seen this, and it frustrates the me. The thing so. about that that you bring up, Lewis, is is actually a problem that I've had with teen shows since actually probably since 90210. Obviously, you have characters who need to hang out for story purposes, but there's this thing about teen soaps where they sort of start making kids hang out with each other and be friends, and sometimes it feels organic, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Like, Brenda and Brandon and the original Dynasty 1L like, are, are joining the school, and then it's like, Okay, I could see some of them being inducted into like the group of friends that they're with, right? But like mm-hmm. these kids, why are you friends? Yeah. And by the way, do you know what is one of the great triumphs? And if you were thinking about it categorically, you wouldn't think any of these people would hang out together, but they look great together is the movie Clueless. Mm. Like mm. even like they'll be like insulting Amber in one scene and then she's at their lunch table in the next scene and it's right. Like they would be that vicious to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, oddly enough, I was also thinking about Mean Girls and this is something that I think the original Gossip Girl did really well was they would justify the children's friendship by giving us storylines where the parents were together or they were part of a committee mm. together or at least they were <laughs> hooking up. I don't know how many times Serena and Dan's relationship was put in dire jeopardy because their parents were also hooking up. Mm. So that's like, that was an interesting way to fold them in. That's true. They yeah. also had like childhood relationships and you sort of mm-hmm. established them. I will say one thing Cotillions that is lacking a bit for me too is the lack of parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, we see Zoya's dad um, and then you, you sort of see flashes of the other people's parents, but these kids are largely just sort of like operating on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're focused on the teachers, but parents really do help unite a teen soap opera together, mm-hmm. you know? Something I want to add, and I think we'll get into this when we talk about the other Emmy nominees this year, but something I think this show suffers from is that it's clearly filmed during a pandemic. And there's not much in the way of like actual crowd moments or feeling like you're at a big, busy moment, even when it's supposed to be like a party. And so that makes it feel like there's like a heavy, dank air in the room when there should be a sense of drama, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I worry about that for succession, but, you know, sort of a lot of their scenes are really family based anyway. So it makes sense that there are less people in the room, but there has become this thing, yes, with television where like you're watching it and it's just even the way people are standing in like public scenes, it's like they're standing too far apart for this to feel like a real crowd scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not even the lingering from post pandemic because. If you've been back out in these streets... People are inside each other. The six-feet protocol has gone out the fucking window. Yeah, people are like okay? breaking reality planes to stand inside one another. Like, that's how close <laughs> we are. I'm st- I'll be at the grocery store still and be like, hey, I don't want to be that close to like some people. Just like really acknowledging that like what we went through and also remembering that people are gross and you don't want to get sick from them. But people are all up in your face, baby. Sister girl. <laughs> <laughs> Step away. 12 feet. Please. No wonder we're all going to get COVID again. Uh, all right uh when we're back lewis and i chat with diva lacey mosley herself keep it is brought to you by barefoot dreams lewis yes when you see 
footprints in the sand. That was when I carried you in my barefoot dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. We have a divinity in our midst today, an actress, podcaster, and icon, young icon. Mm. You can catch her on the reboot of iCarly or hosting the Scam Goddess podcast. Please welcome the goddess herself, Lacey Mosley. Wow, hello. What an introduction. You want to do my funeral? Absolutely. <laughs> How's next week? Are we booking that? <laughs> I was booked and busy, okay? I got I to gotta book my funeral early. <laughs> I could try to die next week. I could try. I could try to make that happen for you. <laughs> I would actually love to, like, work out details of a funeral pre-death like i know people do that mm -hmm. in general but like really work out the details like work through the guest list i would yes. like to have like a moving guest list you know like a one that's a what a, an alive guest list like as i'm getting older each year you revisit the guest list of who's allowed to be at your funeral Yes. I love this. I want lighting. I've always wanted vibes at the funeral. I wanted like <laughs> This is morbid and scary, but I was thinking, like, if we had, like, a club moment where they start playing the bops, you know, that I came up to, like, T-Pain mm -hmm. and stuff, and then maybe somebody could move my body around a little bit. <laughs> oh, you're going to be participating in the funeral, basically. Hell yeah. Beyond a hologram. I paid so. for the shit. I don't uh, care if I'm dead. <laughs> you want it to be one last party, you know? Yes. Turn up. Yeah. I also, I, do, I, I think I would like to arrange, like, who gets to be where, like, who gets to walk past the casket and who has to be in, like, the, like, standing room only, whatever. Like, there's, somebody should be insulted by what I've created for them. <laughs> now, Lewis, we have said before on Keep It how you plan events. People will be insulted that they will have to bring the <laughs> casket to your funeral. <laughs> we will have to find the location. <laughs> it's BYOC. Bring your own casket, okay? <laughs> Uh, spontaneity, you know what I mean? And by that, I mean mm -hmm. actual chaos that everybody else has to deal with. I'm, uh, it's just the truth of it. 
I've told this before, but he had a beach birthday party once, and it was like, can y'all bring blankets? Can y'all bring something to play music? Can y'all bring sand? cups? <laughs> truly, truly. But this is all to say that I was just at one of your birthday parties, mm-hmm. the, the my first time attending 4th of Julacy, which is truly iconic that you. uh, your birthday is it actually on the 4th of July? Yeah, I was born on the 4th of July. This is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. When was the first 4th of July see? Oh, man. I couldn't even tell you. I've had the hashtag on Instagram for many years, like at least six years. So if you go on hashtag 4th of July see, you can see like the past years. Um, I've only tried to do a party twice. I tried two mm-hmm. years ago, and it was a nightmare because the homeowner didn't tell us that one. He was, he was mad because I booked it hella, hella early on Airbnb. So he didn't jack up the price for the holiday. And I was like, I'll pay you more. I'll pay you more right now just to not give us a problem. This motherfucker had a clicker on his hand, was clicking everybody who came in, taking pictures of the guests. He was like a weird, old, slimy, white dude. He didn't tell us he was going to be at the house lurking around the whole time, eating my goddamn food and drinking beer and shit. And so it got to the point where I was freaking out. And my cousin, who you met, Eric, um, Mm -hmm. he was at the party. And when people would walk in, before they would go to the photo booth, he'd be like, hey, guys, welcome to 4th of Jalacy. Just know that the old white dude around here is the owner of the house. Lacey is not sleeping with him. Um, Make sure to get a photo. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Make him like a tourist attraction. Like, you know, (laughs) figure out something to do with this weirdo. Yeah. So you got scammed. Yes. Yes. I got scammed this year, too. I, I I just accepted that I'm a magnet for fraud and I have to own it and live it. <laughs> I want to say that throwing parties in Los Angeles is a very hard thing to do. Super hard. So expensive. Because you think it'd be very easy to rent an Airbnb and have a party. Mm-hmm. You think there'd just be plenty of people who have houses that are for this. But... Very hard to come by. And very hard to come by. I wanted a house that, because we rented a mansion, because 12 of my close friends and family flew in. Um, and by we, I mean me. Um, and I was like, I want to throw the party at the mansion. It was so hard to find a place that would let you throw a party and stay at it at the same time. So I had to get a fucking mansion concierge, and they found the house that we had the party at. Like, and this all sounds like very bougie shit. Guys, I'm poor. Don't, don't let these things... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to keep my status as poor as long as I can. <laughs> Girl, I know I'm poor when I see the student loans. Right. Okay. <laughs> hope that hope that theater degree is going well for you, sweetie. Yeah. I, I, it's been a minute since I've seen you on a stage. I have a theater degree. I do, too. I have a performance and a business. We all have that in common. How strange. Well, I got a marketing degree on the side because I was like, you know, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> And what do you do? With, you. What do you do with that marketing degree, girl? It's actually worked out very handily. You know, okay. uh, I market myself. That's what that's what I do with my marketing degree, and it's worked out great. Keeps me safe from scams. It's tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that you are just in, in in general. Like you, you host the Scam Goddess podcast. You are a scam oriented person. It really is seemingly interwoven with your. You're afraid of them, wary of them. How did you come to have such a specific and strong relationship with scams? It was a scam in itself. Um, I was doing, <laughs> I was doing podcasts at iHeartRadio, and every time I would go on, they would ask me what was in my search history, and it would always be some scam that I was looking at. I wanted to do a podcast, much like Keep It, an iconic pop culture podcast, but unfortunately, you bitches got here way earlier than me, and you're popping, and so they were like, "We don't need any more of this. We don't need any more of this. We have it. We have Keep It. We have we have the podcast we need in the pop culture zeitgeist." So I was like, "Okay." 
how can I still do pop culture and comedy but trick people into thinking that it's something else? And that's when I realized scams. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I love talking about them, but I'm also inserting my agenda and talking about whatever shit I want to talk about, and everybody knows that. I will say, though, this weekend, because my cousin helped me move into my new place, he helped me unpack, and he found this box that was just full of, like, sheets of colored wristbands. And he was like, what are these? I was like, oh, oh, those are my VIP wristbands. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, if I go to a party and I'm not sure if I'm VIP, I bring one in each color. And then I just see what people got on and I put that on my wrist. <laughs> Classic scamming. And, but also well done. There's not that many colors. Right. No, people don't get that creative. That's actually a very good L.A. scam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so you started Scam Goddess. And, you know, like, I don't even know about, like, the whole origins of the show. You know, like, you said that's how you cooked it up. What was it like discovering the scams, like, actually having to research them and be like, okay, now I'm doing scams. Now I need, like, a different one each week. Do you do it? Does your whole team do it? So the pilot episode, I did it. Um, And I always say on the show, I am not a journalist, even though I am a contributor on ABC's The Con, which would make it look as though I was a journalist. (laughs) But that is a scam in itself. (laughs) Me sitting there like, and, you know, like, how did this happen? Oh, I know you're not a journalist, girl. I've been on it twice. But also, (laughs) I remember when you did, who did you do with Jamila Jamil, oh where somebody God. came after you then say, this isn't factual. And you were like, this is just comedy, girl. So it was factual. We got all those details from the cut and from other places. I do have a research assistant. Um, I've mm-hmm. only researched one episode this entire time. Every other episode, I get the idea or I'll send links to articles and then be like, go expound upon this. Um, because, honey, the girls be trying to sue. I had some kind of dog care place from Korea that one of my guests insinuated was a puppy mill. They sent me a whole long ass official ass letter says I was like oh damn I'm about to get sued y'all got my abogado fund y'all got my money for my lawyer <laughs> I was driving down Hollywood Boulevard looking for a damn billboard like who am I about to call to get me out of this shit <laughs> cause I need a sweaty lawyer somebody who do crime better call Saul lawyer but <laughs> But so the Caroline Calloway situation was like, she's an influencer. She's very much alive. And now I'm very much aware of like, if I have a celebrity on and there is someone who's alive that we're talking about to be careful, because we didn't realize until during the episode that Caroline follows Jamila and like loves her. And then she capitalized off of this episode so much. She was attacking us. They wrote news articles. And then at the height of it, she posted her titties on Maine on Twitter. And I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) A legacy. I didn't think that uh, working in scams would lead to uh, wavy white women putting the nipples on Twitter. Like, I just didn't know where it would go. (laughs) Congrats to everyone. But, you know, free to nipple. You know, everyone won, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that the idea that, like, you could have a show that is about scams, but now, like, someone could capitalize on your show. Mm-hmm. to further scams mm-hmm. like that. I also am shocked every time I find out Carolyn Calloway is still around. Because she's a scammer. Scammers never die. She's she's out here. After that, she got a book coming out called Scammer. The girls are already like, hey, sis, we prepaid for the book. Where's the book? I was like, come on now, y'all. Y'all know y'all. It's a vibe. The book is a vibe. It's a feeling. You pay your money and then you feel like you got a book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have a favorite all-time scam? Is there one that comes to mind when I say the word scam, you're like, that's the definitive one, the one that should stand for all scams? There are so many, but one that I really love because I'm from, this is my home state, is Texas. Um, this guy named Sandy. He was like a boring, like very regular, degular, schmegular white man, right? Never, you would never look twice. He could definitely <laughs> have gotten into the life of crime because you don't look at him hard. And um, he was in South Texas working at a famous bakery that's super world famous for their uh, fruitcakes, which fruitcakes are nasty, but I guess it's a, just a Christmas thing that some people won't. Mm. I think that that feels like an old tradition, to be honest. I've, I have not in recent years of my life seen anybody with fruitcake on display anywhere. It's very like if you have German grandparents or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> the boomers are still into it. The boomers still think it's cute, apparently. Enough to make a very lucrative business. So he came on, Sandy, to manage the books of this fruitcake business. So he started getting into these books, then he started cooking a little bit. You know what I mean? He get, he cooking the books like a stir fry. Um, and, you know, really, he really starts siphoning money, embezzling money out of the company, and nobody notices that this boring-ass khaki, like, when I tell you, like, you have never met a more Eddie Bauer motherfucker in your life, like... <laughs> Not Eddie Bauer. <laughs> like, he's regular. All of a sudden, he on Jets. He he on he and his PJs on the PJ. He was buying gold bricks. He didn't even know what to do with the money. His wife and him joined the country club, and now the neighbors are like, "Oh, she used to be in like you know Walmart flip flops, and now she got on some like designer shoes, and she got a nice wedding ring." Like, and then eventually they get caught by the feds. But I love the scam so much because he was like a pirate. He went out to the lake, dug a hole, and buried his gold bricks and all his other valuables so he could hide them from the feds. Obviously, that didn't work because we know it. But. Um, <laughs> beautiful man amateur desperation is so fun right like so if you, fun. what are you gonna do with the gold bricks i'm gonna go bury them in the water like if, yeah, people are amazing like, is this spongebob you're an old-timey pirate what's happening <laughs> is that why you think people get invested in like scams and these sort of stories because i'm like even just hearing that what i always think about is like not the fact that like they're scamming and being on private jets and shit like that right you 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 end up thinking like day to day what is this person's life because you have this big lie that you're committing, mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, one part of you is, like, do you just forget that you're telling this lie? And do you just keep living it? And, like, are you never constantly worried that, like, the other shoe is going to drop? Or are you just constantly, like, a nervous person? Because when you watch, like, a TV show or a film or something, when it's condensed, mm -hmm. I feel like that person, day to day, is constantly worried they're going to get caught. Here's <laughs> the thing. And I always say this on the show. It's not a lie. If you believe it. Okay. And I know, and yes, and yes, technically it is still a lie. But if you believe <laughs> it, if you believe that you are still a good accountant, you just stealing a little, you know, hundred thou, hundred thou on the side a little bit, you know, then like you're still a good accountant, you know, as far as everyone else is concerned, he was doing his job. So I, in America, because America is the land of the scams, we were built on a scam. That's why they don't want to teach critical race theory because they don't want all the little white boys and girls at school to know that, like, the black people didn't come over here on an unpaid internship to build the country. And, you know, it's why <laughs> when we talk about, like, segregation and racism after Reconstruction, it's always like, and then we fought them and we made it equal. And it's like, who is them? Can we talk about who them is? Because we just keep saying them, and I think we know who them is. <laughs> but they're like, no, them, the evil bads who wanted black people not to have things. Who is them? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, so it's like 
everything is a bit of a scam in this country. So I think that it makes it intriguing to people because they're like, yeah, fuck the government. Daddy government peaced out on us. Got a carton of cigarettes during the pandemic. Didn't come back. We was all waiting at the window like, daddy government, where the stimulus? Daddy government, where, where are the vaccines? Like, you know, so this country's a scam. So I think people are interested in scams because they know that they're living in one. <laughs> I'm picturing myself facing the government and saying, daddy government, where are the vaccines? I think I would do it. Daddy government, help me. Lewis, quick, who would start in daddy government? <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is looking upwards at daddy government. Yes, yes he is. Help me. He's an urchin. Uh, yeah. It'd be based on a film from like the 40s called Daddy Government. And who would he be replacing? Oh, I see. Like Alan Ladd or something. You know, like back mm. back when we just believed all short men had something mysterious about them, but they were just short. Okay, but... <laughs> Humphrey Bogart, 5'4". Yeah. If Timothy's begging Daddy Government, Ira, who plays Daddy Government? Mm. Who is Daddy Government? Probably like Viola. <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. Yes, because the, the scam is because the scam is when you get there, it's a front-facing black woman, you know, very Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Ooh, okay. You know, in the Wizard of Oz, when there's a front-facing black woman, right? Okay, well, the Wiz, the Wiz, That's though. Right, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't bring you? Viola no bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, you know, like some like underground where it's like, you know, like black women controlling the government. But then I wouldn't want that because the government's trash, and I feel like black women. That's fair. That's fair. Make it okay, this so trash. Okay, so we need cut. You know what, Gary Oldman. <laughs> sure, he would be hair raising. Yeah, daddy government. Daddy government. Or Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, mm. Leonardo is definitely daddy government. Ooh, I yes. want to see Timothy and Leo like on screen together, just chopping it up. Because they're like same person you think it's not gonna happen give it two years yeah right because like <laughs> looking up at each other leo's career started just like chalamet's where it's like here's this beautiful boy with these long eyelashes that kind of looks like a girl and hansen and we're like ooh, we love him it's the same thing that was leonardo's that's beginning. true you think timothy mm -hmm. is going to morph into later days jack nicholson as well no oh, lord <laughs> Possible. Listen, possible. that is what Leo looks like now. He looks like him. But I love that for him. He don't got to be skinny no more. He can just eat and get on yachts with his 23-year-old girlfriends and live his life. Looking at photos of ASAP. I am looking forward to the next version of his performance. Like, if he did another Django Unchained, like mm. Bad Leo, I could I could get into that. It's wild to think of him as an actor who we've always admired. <laughs> Uh, and who's like, you know, like an iconic actor, you know, like in that, like... He couldn't get an Oscar! From that sphere of, like, Clooney, Brad Pitt, etc., you know? And, um, but as a person, seems almost akin to a scammer. Like, just constantly on boats mm -hmm. with the young models, you know, mm -hmm. very much unlike the stature or, like, the public lies of the actors who, like, he'd be named with, like yeah. Clooney or Pitt. Scammers you know? love maritime mm -hmm. law. Scammers <laughs> love maritime <laughs> I do. That's how I started gambling at 16. We was on the ocean, and my daddy is a savant, and like, got into Princeton at 16 and taught me how to play craps. And ever since then, I've never not made at least rent playing craps. Vegas, anywhere. Like, I'm really good. Wow, craps especially feels like the high roller game. Like, the here's all the rules that nobody understands. Mm -hmm. Everything's the wrong color. It's a completely baffling board. I know all the rules. Well, now I know why it's called the oldest established permanent floating crap mm -hmm. game in New York. It was floating, floating. on the water. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that, that's how you know you scamming when you put some shit on water. When you're like, okay, they said we can't do this shit on land. Well, where the ocean at? 
Where else should that? Because we're going to be Lacey, in the let's go to let's go to Vegas is what I'm saying. I want me and you to go on a trip. We should actually, go to Vegas. I actually think we maybe just need to keep it Scam Goddess crossover in Vegas. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I'm so serious. I would be here for that because I love Vegas. I, it's a scam city. It's a scam. It was like, what if scammers made a town? And they were like, Las Vegas. Like, that's what they did. And it's fantastic. Also, nobody speaks up enough about old Las Vegas. Old Las Las Vegas is very cool. When you go to like the mall part of Las mm-hmm. Vegas, that's like the new casinos, you're kind of disillusioned. But like the old part that really makes reminds you of, you know, whatever, Frank Sinatra. Where the Hard Rock know. is? It's still intact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. All that you stuff. You not go to old mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Yeah. That's the part you drive past when you're going in, right? Yeah. Or depending on what way you come in. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always, I mean, you always see those buildings in the old hotels and they still have like the like little cowboy marquees and things. And it's like, yes, this was very built much in that. 1945. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest scam of this episode is that uh, Aida scammed her way out of this interview <laughs> <laughs> and scammed her way out of having to answer for not being at your birthday party. Right. When all the guests were paid for, uh, <laughs> shoot a text message, sis. But luckily at the end, when you were like, I got plus ones, I was like, bring them because we got a little bit of space. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I get it. Like, some people are just like not party people. And I wanted it to be a chill party where it was like we could mm-hmm. all talk. It was not chill for me. I got dragged around like a fucking photo prop for four hours. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> The other problem with when you host a birthday party, everyone is always like, come and get in this photo. But that's because you have respectful black friends. Yeah. I know? wanted to shake my ass in the pool. And I never okay. once got a chance. I had on a thong swimsuit. I didn't get no cheeks wet. No, my cheeks were dry and airy. <laughs> if you throw a party with majority gays... You don't have to worry about being carted around like a photo prop because they will just take a photo of themselves and then put it on Instagram with happy birthday. And that's literally what happened. I have photos (laughs) of all of my instagays taking photos of each other and then looking like they were at a different location, abs popping and glistening and shit. And I was like, you're here right now. You took this here? <laughs> they don't give a fuck about you. I think people got that from Kim Kardashian, to be honest. I don't want to always credit her with anything, but I will say Kim, for me, was one of the early Instagram people who perfected the photo of herself at an event. And then it's like, happy birthday, insert name of the person whose birthday it is, but they are nowhere <laughs> Who's in not the in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the status I'm trying to get to. I want people to like just be like, oh, I'm at this event, and no, Lacey's nowhere to be found, but she is there. Like, <laughs> I need that. I need that. Also, this technique can be perfected at home. Like, I could take a picture of myself right now and be like, happy 70th birthday, Angelica Houston, and has nothing. To, like, why am I not doing that? It seems so oh, silly Oh, you should now. be doing that. I think that's yeah. actually very on brand for you, Lewis. Just put that for all your selfies now. Just figure out which right. old actress's birthday it is. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Burnett, miss you so much. <laughs> it's like you on the beach. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, every uh, once in a while, I bet they'd respond. You know, some of these people are just like hanging around. Carol Burnett might be like, hey, you know. Yeah. She had a Netflix thing for a second. You know, I, listen, I feel like Kathy DeGemini is very active on Instagram. If you wish her, That's happy, what I'm talking if about. You wish her happy birthday. She will DM you. That's the tier I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, no. She'll be like, you want to come watch a pyramid taping? I kick ass at this game. You want to see the new Hocus Pocus? It's about to be out. I got it already on on DVD, you know? And you get to go hang out with Kathy. Like, Uh, I love that for you. Well... Thank you for being here, girl. Thank you for having me. Uh, We could talk all day, but this podcast ain't as long as yours. (laughs) Y'all, y'all, 
I'm an hour. Y'all like 45 to an hour. This I know this is a segment. These scam goddess tapings are five hours. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lewis has to complete the triumvirate. Oh, wait, it's my turn. Yes. Unfortunately, I've been willed into this. So now I've scammed into your podcast. How about I that? Think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lacey, you're an icon. We love you. I love y'all. Listen to Scam Goddess. Watch her on iCarly, which is great as well. I didn't watch the original, um, which is, seems very off-brand for me. It does. Um, but Because <laughs> it's so camp. It's so campy. At that age, I had aged out, I think, of Nickelodeon shows. Yes. But I was still getting stoned in college watching Disney shows. Mm. Like, I watched the entire run of um, Wizards of Waverly Place. Wow. Okay, Selena Gomez. You're team Selena. Okay. I am Selena Hive. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> She's, like, the most followers. Yeah, I'm a Selenator. <laughs> so, one of the craziest names, Selenator. I never know how to pronounce it. Selenator, Selenator, Seliner. <laughs> anyway, go listen to Scam Goddess. It's iconic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. As we emerge from the burning wreckage that is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the Television Academy has only solidified its legitimacy as the silver screen's most revered institution. And this very morning, they released their nominations for the 2021 Emmys. Let's take a look at the nominees. Bring them out, bring them out. Which have now rolled in, I believe. What are we excited about? This is still fresh. This is still hot. First of all, I would have to, I want to give like a moment to talk about the stream itself. Oh, please. Okay, because so excited. I love, I love, I love the formality of waking up, listening at 830. We had, who did we have, Lewis? I don't want to mispronounce their names. Oh, Ron and Jasmine Safest Jones. And I only say I don't want to mispronounce their names because you know I will deliberately to make fun of them for missing and mispronouncing most people's names. We had an Ada Bryant. <laughs> We had, we had, do you know who I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah. We had, we had, at first it was just an awkward energy Belay between the We had. <laughs> Ann Taylor-Joy, it went on and on. Jason Ann Sudeskis, yeah. I'm just like, if you are presenting, because we, we go through this every year for the Oscars, the Emmys, the clubs, et cetera. If you're presenting, maybe find someone who knows who the fuck these people are. Anybody. <laughs> this is why, like, when they announced the Oscars, like, Issa and John were up at 5.30 because they had been practicing. And this is what we get when we get an 8.30 stream. 
Most of the names will not be known, according to the Cephas Joneses. Well, I remember specifically when Tiffany Haddish read the Oscar nominations and she struggled through a bunch of these, the names of people who weren't celebrities. You know, just, it's like super mm-hmm. hard. What can you do? Like, you, you inevitably will forget certain pronunciations. But I mean, well, she just struggled through Jason Sudeskis. I mean, like, let's get the, <laughs> let's get like the, the people who will likely win yes. star Emmys down. Whoa. Tiffany Haddish recently struggled through an episode of Legendary as well. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm upset from um, Michaela Cole, upset for my, my white king, Jason Sudeikis. I know mm. it changes often who that is. What are you upset about? His name being pronounced wrong. Oh, I oh. see. <laughs> yes. oh, he'll live. Not upset Mr. for Lasso them in general. Live. I'm very happy for them uh, in general. I'm very happy for Michaela Cole. Happy for Jason Sudeikis, who was on the cover of GQ today. So mm. I love that man. I love Ted mm. Lasso. I don't know if we ever talked about Ted Lasso on this show, but that show... I don't know that we have. That show was beautiful. And I avoided it because of the reviews. It was the kind of show that like outlets like BuzzFeed and things kept being like, this is the show you need to be watching in 2020. Ted Lasso feels like a warm hug. And I was like, if these white people don't shut the fuck up about Ted Lasso... <laughs> And then I watched it. Oh, and how did it go? And it's amazing. Yeah, I watched it in like a weekend. Yeah. But I watched it like after New Year's Day when I was like hungover. It's amazing. I feel like I had a resistance to it as well because he's one of the last in the class of the SNL people to get a television show. And I'm like, girl, you behind. Like, <laughs> let's just put it put it to bed and I'll watch it later. I already seen 30 Rock. Come on, girl. But then I watched it and it was hilarious and it was fun. And Jason Sudeikis holds up and is amazing and still funny. I only saw the pilot so far. And the reason is I will get end up seeing the rest of the series. I often resist the shows where I'm told it's like a big warm hug. Mm-hmm. Just because, stop telling me I need to be comforted. Stop telling yeah. me I, I need to be like swaddled by television and I need to like fall in love with the characters and it needs to end like Parks and Recreation where the big twist mm-hmm. is everyone's nice. Yeah. You know? Just, <laughs> and engaged just, now. Right, right. It's just, so, because uh, I'm very Veep oriented or very uh, uh, mm-hmm. Girls 5 ever. I just want the hard jokes and yes. I don't want your comfort and don't touch me, I'm German. Yeah, I just want the hard R to be honest. Oh, yeah? Ira. <laughs> now, Ira, I'm, dear. Listen, I will say about Ted Lasso, and then we can move on. You watch that, and the because he can sort of be cloying in the first episode. It's very mm-hmm. like, okay, everyone's happy. It's giving you that sort of vibe. The show realizes that that's who he is and, you know, sort of, like, makes fun of it and, you know, satirizes it later on in the series. So um, it becomes a lot smarter. Um, beyond the pilot. Also, the supporting cast is fucking fantastic. Just like hilarious actors, but they're Brits, mm-hmm. you know? And we, we, we're simply better comedians. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I don't know why almost every British person is funny just casually. I bring this up all the time. Why is Robert Pattinson funny? Why is Daniel Radcliffe funny? It upsets me. It's not their job, and yet they are in interviews almost every time. I think the big category we got to care about here is lead actress in a limited series movie or anthology because you got Michaela Cole, Cynthia Erivo in Genius, which, are we going to watch that one, guys? Okay. Absolutely not. (laughs) We're just going to trust. We're just going to (laughs) trust blindly. Cynthia Erivo being like, here I am, another biopic. God damn it. All right. Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision. Come on, Marvel. In The Queen's Gambit. And Kate Winslet in Mayor of Easttown. Really, I mean... This is like the new Zodiac. Whoever you pick here really says everything to me ooh, about you. Ooh, a Tiger Beat quiz. Ooh, yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, 
Listen, I'm rooting for Michaela Cole, and uh-huh. it's clear that she's going to win, uh-huh. um, probably. But mm, see, it's not. Anya Taylor Joy has quite the chance. But Elizabeth fucking Olsen <laughs> for WandaVision, that is wild to me. And you know what? I love it. I love it. And you hosts will deal. Marvel is here, and you hosts will deal. <laughs> I actually will say. I'm so excited about this just because it's like, you know, for whatever we thought about how like WandaVision ended, and I thought it ended, you know, like a little bit too much, like a rock'em sock'em robot um, <laughs> match. But I hope that this um, is an indication that uh, Marvel should be trying weirder things, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Uh, and letting actors just do their fucking thing. Because, like, you know, uh, Loki. For example, it's fucking great, and Tom Hiddleston's amazing in it, and he'll probably be nominated next year. You know, right? Uh, we want more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say though, Elizabeth Olsen, and I think she's the name I'm talking about here, knocked out Nicole Kidman for The Undoing. Nicole Kidman knocked out Nicole Kidman for The Undoing. Do you think it's <laughs> white woman for white woman? You think it's it's mousy okay. white woman for other mousy one? Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> the TV Academy watched The Undoing, and that is why they did not nominate Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I'm happy about Hugh Grant's nomination. I thought he was really good. Also, I thought Nicole was good, and the series is just a flop. I just don't like the show. Yeah. So, Do you know how many times I'll be literally washing dishes and just remember her crossing the street with that coat just flapping in the wind behind her? She walked. With Roman's Revenge she playing walked. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> rah, rah, I'm going to find my husband. With Roman Holiday. <laughs> Roman Holiday, that's the one. <laughs> I am rooting for Kate Winslet, ultimately, though, because the amount of absent sad sandwich eating she does in this show i've never seen the likes of it before i mean how many she got enough awards how many quiznos calories did she like endure to bring this performance to us the whole show is a punch card (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh that'd be cute in the dvd you can like clip them out yeah yeah we should do branding so let's also talk about lead actor in a limited series um Paul Bettany was also nominated. Mm. Iconic. He was great in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Grant was nominated. Okay. I don't know if he did. Well, maybe it was just Sparse and Hamilton kind of dominated. but He was frightening. I will say that Hugh Grant, aside from Noma Dumaswini, um, was the only person who was like dialed into the undoing. For me, he seemed like he knew he was in a early 2000s Astrid Judd film <laughs> uh, and was playing it accordingly. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is nominated for Halston, which, if you've seen a Ryan Murphy thing, um, it's probably just like that, which is why I haven't watched it. It is like, it's like the arithmetic mean of Ryan Murphy productions. Just like exactly 50% on Metacritic, sort of like uh, splashy, historic, lots of Mm -hmm. costumes to look at. Quite literally beautiful gowns. Yes. It should have been called Beautiful Gowns the series, right. Um, His performance. I believe straight people can play gay well. I found this to be slightly a more one-note portrayal of a legend than I expected from Ewan McGregor, who, by the way, I thought was awesome, and I love you, Philip Morris. So I've seen him play gay well before. Mm. Girl, Ewan McGregor has sucked some dick, okay? (laughs) We've seen him on camera playing gay for too long and doing it too well. That's true. Where you learn that? Where you learn all that, girl? Right? Come on, even Obi-Wan Kenobi, okay, had a limp wrist. I have to suck dick, it's method. (laughs) If you have the stuff for train spotting, maybe you can do anything, including gay things. I think all of them actors in the 90s, you know, was just just doing it. 
You know? Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the cast of My Private Idaho, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, you throw Gus Van Sant in the mix, woof. Now there's even less rules. This is all to say, um, I'm having more fun um, guessing if Ewan McGregor has slept with a man than I am uh, at the prospect of talking about Hamilton being nominated again. <laughs> yeah, let's zoom past that. Let's zoom past that to laugh very quickly at this category called Outstanding Unstructured Reality Program, which is quite a shame. <laughs> which is quite a shame. But come on, Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. And those are the only two that I've actually watched. If you guys have got around to RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, have you seen? Yeah, it's, you know, it's something this season. But this isn't the <laughs> season that's nominated. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem with this. Whatever RuPaul's Drag Race is nominated for an Emmy, I don't know what the fuck has been nominated because the show is never not on. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's always between seasons or you get half seasons one way or the other mm -hmm. or All Stars comes into play. Like, mm -hmm. has All Stars ever been nominated or is it always just the main thing? Because All Stars is routinely better than the normal season mm -hmm. most of the time. Can Espana get nominated? Because that's <laughs> much better than any of the other ones at the moment. Right. Below Deck? All right. A show that it's been on for either three or 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the latter. Yeah. Uh, and there's many spinoffs. Uh, and Indian matchmaking. Whew. Remember that damn show? Yeah. Ooh, I love that show. <laughs> Remember when the colorism jumped out? <laughs> As she tends to do. I just think unstructured could be free form, could be um, just improv, could be a different word that isn't just wild and untamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't get unstructured reality <laughs> as as the name for it's so disrespectful. What this is, <laughs> y'all just did it. <laughs> also, I actually have to jump back to another weird category, which is outstanding supporting actress in a limited or anthology series. This is pretty crazy. Who do we got? So you've got Moses Ingram, who played Jolene in The Queen's Gambit, and then you have... Renee Elise Goldsberry in Girls 5 Evo. And I think she's probably the best performance on that show, so I'm happy about that. But then you have Philip Basu in Hamilton, which is like drawing the Joker in a deck of what? cards. Like we just are allowing <laughs> Hamilton to do whatever the fuck it wants. Then there's Julianne Nicholson in Mayor of Easttown, Gene Smart in Mayor of Easttown, and then Catherine Hahn in WandaVision, who's like the internet's pick, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like another one where, depending on who you pick, I know everything about you. Oh, look at Gene Smart for getting two different television shows in one award season. Mm -hmm. Renee should win for Girls 5 Eva. What is Hamilton? <laughs> is it a taping <laughs> of a play? Is it a movie? Is it a... I don't know. Sorry, I, I didn't realize Renee Lee Goldsberry is nominated for Hamilton, not Girls 5 Eva. Now I'm upset! Yes! Now I'm upset! <laughs> <laughs> it's unstructured competition program is what uh, Hamilton limited series is. <laughs> or movie is just wild to have a category where yeah. it's like Hamilton, WandaVision, Queen's Gambit. We got we got to switch up these categories. Bitch, go to the Tonys and leave us alone, <laughs> Lynn Manuel. When you have three thousand categories, it can't be this messy in the supporting categories. It's like at the Grammys when there's like alternative music, and then that includes both Bjork and. Like the white stripes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and meanwhile, people are still being nominated for The Handmaid's Tale, which is apparently still on TV. When people can sit through that show, what is wrong with you? Stop it. <laughs> there are people who love we that We voted show. out Trump. We voted out Trump. Stop watching. <laughs> Stop watching There the are show. people who are fully like, ooh, I can't wait to get home and watch me some Handmaid's Tale. Really? You want to go home <laughs> and watch torture porn? It's, uh, it's, un it's unbearable. I'm so shocked by it. I'd rather watch Saw <laughs> or Hostel the series. What if you went home and watched Saw every day? That's what that show is like. That's how I find repose, Lewis. Peace. You know what I'm kind of mad about? 
And of course, we all knew the Variety Talk series was going to go to um, Lewis's boss, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm -hmm. We got a Conan. We got a John Oliver, Stephen Colbert, mm -hmm. and Trevor Noah. But I wanted Jesus and Marrow to get a little a moment. Guys, mm -hmm. they are never not funny. I just watched uh, another <laughs> clip of them, and it's like, talk about struck by lightning. I mean, just some of the fastest people, the parlay, the yeah, yeah. And, and the never contrived. It's like never picking like a a cliche joke or whatever. It never feels mm -hmm. like hammy or pandering to an audience. Like they're just so good at what they do. Yeah. And the other snubs, um, Snubbed. Pedro Pascal is the lead in the Mandalorian technically. Um, but co-stars Giancarlo Esposito, Timothy Oliphant and Carl Weathers were nominated. And the show was also nominated for best drama. I don't know anyone who watches the Mandalorian. Um. I know everyone who knows the memes and talks about Baby Yoda. <laughs> and I, at one point, learned Baby Yoda's real name, but I have not pressed play. No. But I support its existence. My friends have a Grogu doll, and when we go to Palm Springs, it comes with them, and they put it like a Hawaiian lei on it or lipstick or something. That, to me, is as much Mandalorian as I will be watching. Mm. Look. That's it. I just know too many hoteps that think the Mandalorian is a metaphor for life, so I had to, <laughs> I had to not mm. watch it. <laughs> Small Axe was also snubbed, which... Also, I don't think any of you watched. Um, no, did not. I didn't, unfortunately. But I heard it was amazing. And I hate to be the person who says, I heard it was amazing. Oh, wait, no, I lie. <laughs> I lie. I lie. I lie. I did watch the beginning of it. I was just, I was enamored. I really was. I just didn't get to finish it. I watched one of them. I do need to finish it. I do. I love Steve McQueen. Likewise. And it's right up your alley. Black people, yeah. British. I simply love axes that are small. So... <laughs> Really must check it out. The problem for Small Axe is it came out right at the same time as Judas and the Black Messiah, and I was just over Black Strife. Mm. So it was difficult for me to, to, to split mm -hmm. my emotions. Also, it's on Amazon, and their interface is always hard to figure out going to watch a show. Although I'm very happy that The Boys is nominated. Really? It, it, it's difficult for you to navigate Amazon? It is! Wait, because you'd rather be shopping or because... What's Usually, the deal? yes, yes. Yeah, okay. that's, it has you to know be that. Me, it's not logistics. I would be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You're <laughs> Def Jam set. You're Def Jam set ready. And you know what? Uh, listen, our national crisis of one day at a time never being nominated <laughs> and constantly being on the verge of cancellation is over. Mm. It didn't get nominated. The show is off the air now. Oh, my God. Maybe it's time to let it rest. Because you know what? If, if, if many people were watching one day at a time, as you're constantly tweeting about how nobody's watching one day at a time, maybe it'd still be on the air. Oh, my God. I have a story about one day at a time, strangely. So I went to my friend's house. I have friends who play game nights that are specifically game show oriented. They're all game show producers, and we play game shows. Anyway, I go there, and my friends keep mentioning that my friend John, who's this big game show producer, he's one of the judges on the show Pyramid, where like uh, he judges whether or not celebrities play the game correctly. People keep saying, oh, have you met John's boyfriend yet? Have you met John's boyfriend yet? I'm like, no, nor do I care to meet anybody's boyfriend. Stop harassing me. <laughs> and then, finally, they say his name. They're like, and John and Glenn Scarpelli will be on a team together. My friend is dating Ann Romano's adopted son from the original One Day at a Time, Glenn Scarpelli, who is so nice, and they knew that I had seen every episode of One Day at a Time, and I still could not put it together. So, anyway, I said this to my friend, and she said, Louis Fertel into the Schneiderverse. That's a pun <laughs> for all of you One Day at a Time fans. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Before we go, though, I, there's two things I want to get mad about. Many keep it within our Emmy nomination segment. We have actually one keep it, one celebration. How dare I? We have uh, Felicia Rashad getting a Emmy for guest actress in This Is Us. Was well, this an Emmy nom? She didn't win yet. 
She didn't Girl. win yet. And she won't be winning. And she won't be winning. I don't know. She's bringing Cosby as her date. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because cool. last Emmys, y'all, the final one. Unfortunately, he oh, won't be able to see goodness. it because he's blind. <laughs> it's so weird to want to throw Claire Huxtable side eye at Claire Huxtable. It's a very shocking feeling. Yeah, it's painful. It's very, very painful, especially because the week prior to her coming out as a supporter again like this, I had just told people in my writer's room that if I had to pick anyone dead or alive to have dinner with, I chose Mrs. Huxtable. Mm. Oh. A Claire Huxtable, Felicia Rashad, and then also Jack A. Oh. I just really want a black sitcom mother. Wait till the daytime Emmys roll around next That's year. Right. And Jack Gay can get nominated mm. for her excellent work <sighs> on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> okay? She does bring she it. Is, she is doing dramatic turns. She was secretly plotting to destroy the town square um, and turn it into a big building called Price Town, <laughs> which is her name on the show. <laughs> Jack Hay, of course, already uh, an Emmy uh, winner, but she was the only yeah. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy winner for years and years and years. She won in, I think, 87 for 227. The only black one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I, I think there were other winners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they, they kept the category. They kept no. the category. It'd be wild if Jack Hay won, and then they were That's like, it. no more winners. Shut it down. For 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing that I said that we should celebrate is Crooked Family Member, and of course she's done many other things, Stacey Abrams, and this is a long one, was nominated for Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance in an election special that was on Blackish. So, Man, fuck her. She ain't been on Keep It. She ain't part of my family. She ain't part of my family. She keep going going on Pod Save America, okay? What is Stacey going to talk to us about? Actually, she'd be loving TV. Get her on here. I know. That's disrespectful. Okay. We could talk about her book, Justice Never Sleeps. Right. I, <laughs> I don't care if you had a hand in changing the election outcome, Stacey. Come to this damn podcast. I have pressing questions about whether Justice Never Sleeps is a sequel to Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. <laughs> also, I wonder if she's one of those people who loves Buffy so much that it's sublimated into a Sarah Michelle Gellar obsession, which happens with certain gay men. I'm like, but that's really all she gave us. Why are we still obsessed with her? Okay. Listen, bitch. <laughs> I know the fuck you did not sit here and say that that is the only thing Sarah Michelle Gellar ever gave us. Because before that, it is. she was Kendall Hart on All My Children. That's and then uh, after I'm, that, I she the gave room? us Helen Shivers. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Daphne, Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. She gave us Ringer. <laughs> Guys, Ira's twitching. Ira's eye is twitching right now. <laughs> so losing his shit. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have gotten to Scooby-Doo that fast. You shouldn't have gotten to Scooby-Doo that fast. So <laughs> this is the most offensive thing you've ever said on this. Southland Tales? She is great, and I know what you did last summer. She is great in that. Don't say Southland Tales to me. Come on! <laughs> the ringer. You should be ashamed. The ringer. <laughs> ringer was a great show. Okay. For you? Okay. Listen, it was better than Gossip Girl. All right. That I concur with. Who are you fighting right now? Better than the original Gossip Girl, to be honest. Okay? <laughs> Baby. You're just crazy. You've been you've been driven crazy. She also voiced her various characters that she played before on uh, Robot Chicken. I don't know what she did. Her name her is too episode long. of Sex in the City. I don't even remember that episode. Her name is simply too long. Speaking of Sex in the City, it's just this category of women from the '90s that made us call them seven different names, mm. like Sarah Michelle Gellar and yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Just shorten it. Be Zendaya. Figure oh it God, out. I'm sorry. Lewis has me like so spun out here. I've left out <laughs> the thing that may be even slightly more iconic than Buffy. 
Cruel Intentions. Mm. I think Cruel Intentions is a two-star movie. It's like bad acting, but fun in that way. And then... Scream 2. Okay, her one scene. Yes, I remember that. Simply Irresistible. Now you're just bringing up words. You're bringing up Robert Palmer hits. Ah! <laughs> uh. Did you just call Cruel Intentions a two-star movie? Yes. Dangerous Liaisons as three and a half stars. Y'all, Lewis will be dead next week, so it'll just be me and Aida. Lewis <laughs> will be murdered! Plotting. When we're back, keep it. <laughs> if you ask Swoozy Kurtz, who's in both of them, Dangerous Liaisons and Cruel Intentions, which is the better, Swoozy is going to say Dangerous Liaisons and not blink, and then probably star in three multicams. <laughs> okay, you know... <laughs> Ira, 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 I'll give so you mad. one. I'll give you one. I know what you did last summer. That's the one. She is good in that. And I also is Bridget Wilson Sampras. Bridget Wilson Sampras. I know what I'm doing this summer. What you doing? Putting on a rain slicker, grabbing a hook, (laughs) and hunting Lewis through an alley. Okay. I'll let Christian Bale. (laughs) I can't believe you would despair Sarah Michelle Gellar like that. And to use Swoozy Kurtz to do it. Okay. <laughs> right. It, okay. You didn't even watch <laughs> Pushing Daisies. You didn't even watch Pushing Daisies. No, I didn't. You're right. A no. sentence. Too big for that. All right. We're, we're back. <laughs> for real this time. Keep it. <laughs> and we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. It's Keep It. I'm still hot. I know you are. (laughs) I'm still hot. My keep it might be Lewis. Guys, I've really never seen anything like this before. I'm looking at Ira's Zoom window right now, and it's like he's like either crying or like having a heart attack or laughing. I mean, it's software. Yeah, his his body can't land on an emotion. His box is shaking. We are two intense people. Sure. Who have been friends for almost a decade. And this is what I really want to let you all know that Lewis has never left me like speechless like this to the point where I want to throw this. At Akbar, this could have gotten a little bit, yeah, wilder. Physical, yeah. yes. Yeah. Rock'em sock'em. I've never been thrown out of Akbar. That might have been my chance. <laughs> me throwing a drink the gayest in defense down. of Sarah Michelle Gellar. I know. Officer, they started talking about Sarah Michelle Gellar. I didn't know what to do. They were just throwing hands. I didn't know how to help. <laughs> anyway, Aida, what's your keep it? My keep it. Is to black people. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm so well in general. In general, it's like a certain subset. Famously, of they people. are annoying. Girl, they be trying me. These niggas be trying me. So oh, no. here's the situation. From the boat to my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> you should do the next Affleck commercial like that. Okay, the I um was recently online, which I've got to stop doing. And I saw a a advertisement for an app. Who some of you might be familiar with this app called. BLK. It is a dating app for black people. Recently, they did a promo advertisement with Juvenile, Mia X, and Manny Fresh, where they recreate their famous song, Back That Ass Up, but they changed the lyrics to make it a parody, and they called it Vax That Thang Up. As you can assume, I have so many issues with this off top, but let me get into them. Let me get into them. Major Keep It 
to black people ruining amazing songs that have just been part of the this the halls of blackness. This song is the halls of blackness. When the, those violin strings come in, your <laughs> ass starts moving. You know what's about to happen. I, it's an orchestral piece of work. It is wonderful. For Juvenile to decide he needs a little bag in this year of 2021 and ruin this song for me, I'm just so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. The video is ridiculous. The budget is so high. Mm. The budget is so high for this minute and a half video where essentially all the lyrics are, don't y'all niggas want to be fucking this year? Go get a vaccination. <laughs> I'm just so embarrassed at what mobilizes my people. Aida. I don't get what's wrong with this. Why does it People exist, need to get Ira? vaxxed. They people do need and to get whatever, vaxxed. Whatever illuminates the corner of black people and cancels out our skepticism, the healthy skepticism that we have, I understand. But this isn't it. This isn't it. It's me an ex being like, oh, you want to have sex with a man named Scott? Hashtag smash Scott. Go get vaccinated. It's so painful to watch. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, I want to say, I, I actually am a fan of when corporateness or just a, a broader mainstream effort Lewis. <laughs> forces a song to change and they make a parody of it that's like lame. My favorite, of course, is when after Mambo Number no. 5 came out, the Disney Channel did a version that went, a little bit of Mickey is all I need, a little bit of Donald, whatever. <laughs> Guys, it's the best fucking song. <laughs> but that's, that agenda, that agenda is pure. <laughs> that agenda is pure. This one, loaded. Loaded and uncomfortable. My favorite... <laughs> Is still um, the Burger King commercial from when we were kids, which was uh, she she works hard for the money, but it was like about Burger King or McDonald's. Our producer has done our research. Shout out to Kendra. It was Burger King. I feel like I go through this every year. In my brain, I have she works hard for the money because McDonald's treats her right, mm. but it's she works hard for the money, so you better treat her right. Just the song in a Burger King commercial. I still think it was used in a McDonald's commercial at one point. I feel like this is like a Berenstain, Berenstein Bears situation where you don't oh, know what you the remember. Mandela, a nice a little is Mandela. Is this my Kazam? Effect. Yes. Yeah. This is my Kazam. By the way, that really upsets me when people are like, I thought it was Shazam. It was always fucking Kazam. I remember it, was, it so it was. specifically. You're confused. You're yes. so confused. Yeah. Your brain doesn't work. I think whenever I hear she works for the money, whatever, hard for the money, I just think six inch lyrics to Beyonce song like I don't what are y'all talking about if it's not Beyonce um that's my keep it just disappointed I wish juvenile I hope he made seven billion dollars off of that I I don't know why you're mad at a black man getting a check Aida Ira Ira look some of us don't need money like that they should have never gave us niggas money at all (laughs) corrupt corrupt I think juvenile has a lot of children (laughs) <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think that he does need the money. Okay, make your coins. Make your coins. I'm still embarrassed by your behavior, but make your coins. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. In 2013, Juvenile was arrested for failing to pay $170,000 in child support. So <laughs> he needs that check. No, oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> it got dark. We'll get, yeah. we'll just wait until we all need our third shots for whatever it is, the Delta variant, or just another round of Moderna, and we get a vex that thing up. Well, I guess your keep it's going to be to me next week when you find out that I collaborated with um, Tony Braxton on um, he wasn't vaxxed enough for me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. That's awesome. That should exist. He wasn't vaxxed enough. Also her best song, so. Mm -hmm. Lewis, what's your keep it? If it's a Sarah Michelle Gellar, 
This is over. Yeah, I just press into it. Which reminds <laughs> me, I wanted to complain really quickly since we were talking about the cast of I Know You Did Last Summer. Another three-named person, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Why? Even Freddie Prince Jr. is pushing it. Why do you have right. so many names? <laughs> Carry on, Lewis. All right. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle, they're all in my mind. Oh. Um, my keep it is just to... Haley Joel Osment. Around. Okay, well, let him rest. <laughs> <laughs> let that baby rest. <laughs> uh, my keep it is just to the term gay cold. Mm. Uh, what this means is... I have it. Following the pandemic and all our vaccinations, now there seems to be uh, scuttlebutt about a specific cold emerging among <laughs> gay men and how we spread it to each other. Not scuttlebutt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a New York Times reporter from the 1930s. Please leave me alone. I love it when you talk like someone's aunt. Yeah, Miss Merriam-Webster herself. The problem I have with this is, first of all, the cold's just going around, period, whatever it is. Two, it's way too nebulous. No one can agree on what the cold does to you. Like, some people have no voice. Some people are coughing, whatever. And it's just not specific enough. I hate hearing the the gay cold is going to get me or whatever. And then not knowing what it is. I guess actually it's similar to COVID in that way. Because if you had COVID, you could, you could scarcely call up a friend of yours and be like, here, oh, I'm going through these symptoms. Because no two people were going through the same thing. Like the, the, the smell and taste thing was routinely mm-hmm. similar. But everything else was always up in the air. So anyway, maybe my keep it is to the idea of disease and how it hits everybody differently. And how it makes it all the more confusing. <laughs> the successor to Dr. Fauci right here. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I think the gay cold's a little bit like the rhythm, you know? I mean, it is going to oh. get you. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, by the way, speaking of the rhythm getting you, the other day I was in the car, and Don't Stop Till You Get Enough came on. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, if you run into any Michael Jackson song, you immediately need to hear nine more of his songs, because he's like his own genre. It doesn't really sound like anybody else. And that makes him, I think, in the long run, one of the hardest to cancel celebrities of all time. What do you mean? Tell, you need to go listen to The weekend. Tell that to, to Abel, okay? He's right there. <laughs> There's too much of a Zanny vibe to The weekend's music compared to Michael Jackson, which is just straight fireworks. Okay, Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, okay. The weekend is for kids who grew up on Michael Jackson but have turned to um, ketamine and Xanax and other drugs to um, numb the pain. Right. I do want to slide in a quick little story because it is kind of pertinent, but I went to a show on Thursday night. There's this um, Sudanese artist named Mustafa, and I went to go listen to him perform. And I'm sitting in the audience, and I look over, and all I see is cheekbone (laughs) above my head. And I'm like, who is this amazingly tall, beautiful woman holding the hand of a small Ethiopian child? It was Angelina Jolie. And I was speechless. What? Speechless, I tell you. Speechless. I look Bitch, over did you just tell me that you saw Angelina Jolie in person know, for girl, the first time girl. during I the just, Keep It Secret? Live. Actually, live. both of you can go to hell today, live. quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I look across the room. I look across the room, and there is Abel himself. There's Abel oh, himself. Oh, right, because they're hanging out. They're hanging out, but they're doing that, that like, that cool Muslim girl thing where like your boyfriend is in the room, but they're 50 feet away from you, so nobody can know that you're talking I don't about. think they're dating. I don't think uh, they're dating. Ira, what do you know? <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> Why? I just I wanted to, to slip that in. How come? She wants an East African father for her children, Ira. I don't think it's her vibe. Hmm. You don't, you don't see similarities between him and Johnny Lee Miller or Billy Bob Thornton. I see Two more three-name people for you, No, Ira. because The Weeknd <laughs> ultimately just seems too sad for me. I, I don't feel like The Weeknd has a lot of sex. Hmm. His songs are constantly about 
wanting sex. Got it. <laughs> You're ignoring the fact that she has a young East African daughter and she's looking for an East African father. Okay, this is the time. Wow. This okay. is the time to capitalize on it. You think it's just like a matter of practicality? I'm a young black man and I never had a <laughs> black father. Well, your mother was an Angelina Jolie. Not everybody needs a dad, Aida. <laughs> Hey, you're speaking to the fatherless. Watch yourself. <laughs> I just want to be clear that Aida's argument that maybe The Weeknd and Angelina Jolie are together was thwarted by Ira screaming, I don't have a father. Okay, moving, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> we, got, we, 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 we heard Lewis earlier today with, I don't like saccharine movies. I don't like to be held mother issues. Now we have Ira's father issues popping out. Ugh, I hate Listen, aunts. I mean... If she wants to go on a Eternals press tour romance with The weekend, more power to her. <laughs> Ira, what is your keep it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to circle back to rich people. Great. As we do. Let's talk about these motherfuckers going to space. Oh, oh right. yeah. My keep it is to the current space race that billionaires are having. As you know, um, we've been dealing with Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Richard Branson all trying to beat each other to space. Uh, and Richard Branson went first um, on July 11th. My birthday. Um, Virgin Galactic, which is technically a plane, for 15 <laughs> minutes uh, went 80 kilometers on his flight distance, which was not technically in space. But I guess all these rich people are really trying to get to space right now. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm annoyed by it, mostly because, you know, the world is burning. Um, and, you know, billionaires who should be taxed are spending money on going to space. For what reason? It's really just, you know, sort of like a dick measuring contest, right? Because it's like, here's the thing. There is nothing that is going to be inhabitable in space. Right now. I want to say that, by the way, he didn't see fucking shit in space. Yes. He got in that thing, and he's like, he's like, wow, Earth looks so small right now. That's all you saw. That's why you're even talking about that. You didn't yeah. go and see, like, oh, Venus, look at all the gas bubbles or whatever. You didn't see shit. The space race is technically less interesting than, like, the moon landing. So I'm just, like, wondering what the purpose is here. Mm -hmm. Because they're not really going to another planet. They're not really going in space. They're not hanging out there. So they're just doing it to say that I went to space. There's sort of no point here except, and, and let me spitball here. <laughs> what if Go ahead. we never actually went to space? Oh, I see. Okay. And now they're actually <laughs> trying to go. What if we never landed on that moon? And do you have any proof? Do you have any conspiracy theories to follow up with? This is just a loose thought. Well, why are these niggas trying to get to the moon? Where are they They're going? Racing. Why are they trying to get to Mars? I don't think we've ever been there. This is like when I meet a white person with a flare gun in their car, and I'm like, what are you preparing for? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? And what do I need to know about? Yeah, that you need to shoot lights into the sky to be saved <laughs> or whatever. I've had a flare gun in my car ever since I saw Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I want to hit Chris Pratt, too. I want to hit Chris Pratt. Boom, boom. Come <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm begging him. <laughs> <laughs> the only believable explanation for the reason why these billionaires are trying to race to space is that one of them wants to be the first person to get to the moon because we never got to the moon. Yeah, and the wires and the flags and the wires on the moon. It was no wind. There's no wind on the moon. Yeah. Ira. <laughs> you need to leave the conspiracy theories to experts like Marion Cotillard, who mm -hmm. figured out 9-11 on our behalf all those years ago. I do believe she apologized for that, but my God, is that mm -hmm. the funniest shit ever? Have you ever thought about how that's the one conspiracy theory that actually does make sense, though? I mean, oh, I'm please. you, but I agree Do with go you. on. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we address this in QAnon meetings weekly, so mm. it's not far-fetched. 9-11. 
add the numbers together, <laughs> and what do you get? 13. 20. <laughs> Apollo 13 exactly the moon it's all connected I don't know what we're talking about anymore Kathleen Quinlan and Apollo 13 (laughs) Kathleen Quinlan is responsible for 9-11 wow jet fuels doesn't melt uh, my brain Ah, how about that ah. (laughs) anyway rich people are assholes and they're going to space cool yeah, yeah I guess it's, it's it's really an annoying news cycle. The thing that's annoying me the most is like I each every everyone's Instagram feed now is just like instead of photos in their stories, it's just like reposted tweets about like how much money Jeff Bezos makes in a day. Oh, and it's like he's going to space, and I'm like, girl, we know your followers know. I know the people it, right. who need to know this aren't going to see this. Right. Also, your prime delivery is outside at this point <laughs> while you're tweeting that too. this. So <laughs> that too. <laughs> Also, it's just like even at this point, like Jeff Bezos is making fun of Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Like, unfortunately, he's—I'm I'm not saying he's outlasted being criticized, but he's kind of outlasted being like mocked on Twitter and stupid jokes. It's just not effective anymore. Mm-hmm. We have to attack. In conclusion, all this is very homophobic because you know Lance Bass should have been the first person to go to space. Oh my God, he had the passion since the start. Yeah, yeah. As evidenced in the song "Space Cowboys," what was the name of the InSync song? Uh, Space, Space Cowboy, Cowboys. Yippee, <laughs> Yippee, Yay, yeah, Yay. Yeah, yeah, featuring Left Eye. And also, I would say "Digital Get Down" or whatever that song is gave us a little bit of a futuristic, extraterrestrial vibe as well. So right. yeah, no strings attached. Better than Fuser Sex Love Sounds. True or not? We'll find out next week on Keep It. <laughs> Keep It is a Crooked Media production. Our senior producer is Kendra James. Our producer is Caroline Reston, and our associate producer is Brian Semmel. Our executive producer is me, Ira Madison III. Our editor is Bill Lance, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to our digital team, Matt DeGroote, Narmel Konian, and Milo Kim for production support every week. And hey, Stay safe out there. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.